think we can just talk a lot about certifications today and um, why they're necessary and like how many should one take because you have a lot of certifications. <laughs> uh, I would say I'm just uh, starting my journey in certifications, but yes, I have seen people who are having a lot of certifications. And, and I guess that is one of the burning topics when we talk about freshers, especially because they are new into the industry and they are always like, should we do certification? Which one should we go for? And things like that. See, certifications really play an important role when you are job hunting. Not, not in the interview, I would say, but uh, for getting an interview, it is really necessary because once, okay. uh, you know, if there is an opening in a company, uh, the HR or the recruiter will get around 100 profiles. Now, how to shortlist uh, your profile or how to shortlist 10 profiles out of those 100 profiles is, is, a, is a challenge for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say there is a person who claims that he knows ethical hacking and there is another person who claims I, I know ethical hacking and I have done CEH. Obviously, ah. the one with CEH gets, uh, you know, uh, edge over the other. So... Mm -hmm. Yes, I would say it is important and certifications like CISSP, CISM, they, you know, they go one step ahead and actually teach you also a lot. It's like, uh, you know, they, they have so much content stuffed in it. You cannot learn everything in cybersecurity. It is not possible for anyone. Mm. It is so vast. It is so vast. You cannot, uh, you know, gain an expertise on everything. So you have to be jack of all trades. So being jack of all trades is, I, I would say CISSP is one of the best thing one can have because it, hmm. as, as everyone says, it is mile wide and inch deep. So you need to know a lot of right. things, but not in so much depth. And then there are concentrations or, or there are specific certifications, let's say like OSCP, which specializes into, uh, you know, ethical hacking. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there are uh, certifications like CISA, which completely focuses on auditing. So yes, right. they play a very big role in uh, one's uh, progression, but at the same time, having only certificate won't help you because the interviewer or, you know, see everything we are doing for, uh, is for job, right. And everything at right. the end of the day translates into money. So mm -hmm. if I want a good job with a good paying money, I have to track the interview. Now the interviewer, we have to assume that he is actually at least double the experience which we are, we are having, correct? So that right. person will in five minutes know that you have just passed these certifications or you actually have the knowledge also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these kind of things, yes, certifications, again, they are important, but only certifications won't get you through. Sure. I think this, I think I forgot to introduce you on my show first. No problem. <laughs> right. So hello, everyone. And on this episode of the Cyber Cafe, we have a very special guest today. We have um, somebody who I met as an assistant manager, but who is now a manager. We have um, the man who has cleared multiple certific certifications, um, CISA, CISM, audits. He's, he can do audits. He knows how to use VMware. I think he is a, a highly one of, um, one of the most experienced cybersecurity experts I've ever met yet so far. Today, I have Vatsal Jain on my show. Hello, Vatsal. It's a pleasure to have you on my show. Thank you for being here. Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. And no, I am not that experienced. I am having just above 3. Point, uh, a little more than 3.5 years of experience. But yeah, since I've been studying cybersecurity since my 
college days. So yes, I I, I can say that I I really like this domain. Uh, yeah. Once you like it, you you obviously want to explore it, right? Yes. So I can never have enough of cybersecurity. <laughs> uh like you had cyber security as a degree in um, in college or you learned it separately on your own yes uh, so it was a specialized course uh, it was a btech in computer science with a specialization in cyber security and forensics mm. so yeah four years of cyber security i would say that, that's pretty intense uh yeah like today somebody asks you um to like um like, introduce yourself to someone how would you introduce yourself to anybody who doesn't know who you are okay so i would say that uh, i i am a student in the field of cyber security or, or i should rather mm-hmm. say information security because information security is the bigger umbrella which we talk about right and uh, i'm still learning while uh, i have experienced you know different kind of industries uh, one being management consulting which was a big force and then being into the industry working for an internal info- information security team of a company so very vast experience or or, or i would say very varied experience and uh, yes i i love to learn i i am totally open to learning uh, so my my work in genpack is basically risk management but uh, i am open to and i have actually worked in fields like network security and vapt also within genpack only so our, our teams are open for you know uh, open for you to go and learn but only if you have a will to learn so yes i i keep exploring different fields within infosec wow like, um what do you mean uh, what's risk management like what does it mean like do you just um create a report or you actually do something about managing the risk in the compu- computer security risk management is not a report first of all a report is an output of an audit okay uh-huh. what is an audit if we talk about let's say you are an auditor and you come to me and you ask me 10 different questions and you publish the results of those questions in a report to uh, to my management that see this is what uh, your poster look like, looks like okay right now the risk management starts after that once you have uh, you know done an audit you have a report you have certain findings you know audit findings now they all the findings will definitely translate into a risk for example let's say work from home is 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 uh, is a new normal for everyone right and right. it has certain risk it has certain risk uh, attached to it like let's say for example there are certain processes okay you must have uh, you must have called hdfc bank or, or whatever bank you have an account with right there is a call center right. people pick up your calls and they answer all your questions they have access to all your data correct they know right. how much amount you have in your account your credit cards and everything now imagine when this lockdown happened you can still you were still able to give a call to hdfc bank and get all the services on call correct correct now a big part of those services are being uh, delivered from home from employees home Mm-hmm. now the easiest and the most uh, uh, risk would which layman would understand is taking up my phone and capturing the screen let's say i have ishan's account open uh, in front of me i'm working for hdfc bank and yeah. uh, your credit card number your account details your home address your phone number your email id i take a picture of that that's a uh-huh. risk correct right? 
I know. I mean, I think now with the internet, like I think every computer is linked in one way or the other. And by computer, I mean literally the entire world. We have banks connected. We have stock markets connected, right? I mean, everything is connected. So, so I won't really be. If you were, I won't really be worried about banks and stocks, stock stock markets, because it's actually not life threatening. Let's take example of airplanes. Airplanes mm-hmm. working on autopilot is a threat to life. They are connected to internet and they are functioning like that. Yeah. Right. So anything can happen if that system goes down. And yeah, and and there have been such incidents where you know the air traffic controller systems were found so vulnerable in in mm-hmm. US. The, there was a report back in two thousand twelve, I guess. So the there was a report with twenty two recommendations for air traffic controller of of a state in the US. So. just imagine the consequences how many 22 observations oh my recommendations God. i would say i mean there must be I mean, at least 100 people in each of those flights that that's a lot of people yeah yeah i mean it it just gets worse and worse day by day right yep you have to pay something right uh, everything comes at a price right so i i have i have two alexa devices in my home but they are packed i have not opened it yet because i don't feel comfortable <laughs> it's listening to every damn thing i'm speaking i know that i mean we are but again that's the price like you said the price we pay right i mean people complain about oh my god i don't want facebook to use my data i mean you're using their applications they use your data because they want to show you relevant ads i mean if you let's say you um You only like Nike shoes, and you hate Puma, right? Why it would only want to show you Nike ads? Why would it want to show you Puma ads? Then if they didn't collect your data, and then they're spamming you with Puma ads, you would start complaining. I don't want to watch Puma ads. I want to watch Nike ads, right? Uh, it's it's way more than that. I would say they are more than that. They are collecting. Okay, so at the moment, Google and Facebook. Has almost every detail of me that where I went, with whom I went, uh, you know what places I visited, where I made a payment. Because see, every payment I I have an email in my Gmail, right? Mm-hmm. That you spent this much amount at this place. A Gmail True. is owned by Google. Google knows what place I visited and what payment I made. Until mm-hmm. I'm making everything in cash, Google is tracking my payments. Yeah. if you think about it it, it uh, about all this connectivity everything being linked yeah. it is very scary you know how we very talk scary. about um cryptocurrency being super private i mean i disagree you know like let's say i was just making some payment to buy an nft like i get an get an email saying that hey you've made a following transaction so i think google would know that hey i bought something so it's not exactly you would say secure right like okay, people say from what you using hmm uh I move. Um, I obviously, I bought some crypto on uh, Ethereum on Vazirx, and I transferred it to MetaMask, and I use oh. OpenSea. So I use, use my MetaMask wallet. Did, did yeah. you did you did you try visiting your uh, visiting dark web and buying some cryptocurrency there? Uh huh. No, no, I haven't. I haven't been to the dark web yet. So, Time. Yeah. <laughs> so, cryptocurrency is uh, actually, you know. It is untrackable if you uh, deal with it uh, within the dark web. I would say. See, if mm-hmm. you are if you are 
doing anything on a Google Chrome, interacting with Google.com, everything is being tracked. Yeah, I mean, like, and which is why I use Brave browser. But it doesn't work. Okay, there are alternatives like DuckDuckGo and all. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, you will have Gmail, you will have an Android phone. You cannot live without these things, right? You don't have a Nokia or a phone where you can just play snakes. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have that. Right. So until you are operating in dark web, you're using multiple VPNs using Tor browser. You must have heard of Tor browser. The onion uh-huh. Yes. So if, if you're using a Tor accessing dark web, then yes, you can say that you are anonymized. Until then, you're not. That's true. I mean, I just hope people who listen to come to this understand that okay, see, crypto is cool. I mean, it's a digital way of me making transaction cash, but it's not exactly your anonymity is not as um, secure as you think. If people say that oh, people can't track who made this transaction. Of course they can. I mean, you're getting confirmation on your email. You're gonna get an OTP. You're gonna get um, maybe um, you also have this Google Authenticator. Um, apps for two factor authentication. I mean, that part is decentralized. Like, like Google does not know my OTPs on the authenticator app because it's decentralized, right? It's on the blockchain. I don't think it knows my OTP at that instant. How can you say that Google Authenticator does not know your OTP? Okay, let me rephrase. How how can you say that Google does not know your Google Authenticator OTP? <laughs> It, 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 it doesn't make sense. So meaning like, um, but, okay, my, my two factors, yeah, my two factor authentications, I use multiple apps, not just Google Authenticator, instead of traditional SMS, here's why, because there's no network in my area. So, which is why I have a hard time making transactions on the bank system, because there's no network over here. I don't get the SMS OTP quickly, which is why for- Do you uh, use Truecaller? I mean, I have- an account on Truecaller. I access and if I want to know any phone number, I use the internet. I don't have it on my phone. I have my Google account linked to it. Okay, so okay, let's connect the dots. Okay, you have your Google account linked to Truecaller. Is that uh-huh. Google account on your uh, installed or that logged in on your mobile? Yeah, on YouTube. Yes. On YouTube. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you trying to uh, are you getting what I am trying to say so your mm-hmm. phone Android the way it is designed it syncs your contacts to your email ID okay mm-hmm. now you, you can stop that obviously but you have to do that it by default syncs okay right now once it is synced true caller has that kind of permission that it takes all your all your um, contacts now, for mm-hmm. example, let's say I have your number saved as Ishan S. Okay. All right. And and maybe let's say one of your family members has uh, it saved as just Ishan. Mm-hmm. The true caller will show the number which it synced recently or the name which it synced recently. So it might be Ishan S if it took my data recently. Correct. True right, caller correct. is, I would say, the biggest scam because they are collecting hell lot of data from you. Oh my god. But I isn't the company in Sweden? I thought it could be safe over there. Isn't the company registered in Sweden? Where are the servers? How does it matter? Are you comfortable? See, everything boils down to one point. Are you comfortable sharing that amount of data with any company? Or with TrueCaller, with Facebook, or with Google, anyone? At times you are, but at times you are not. 
I don't want to share all my contacts with them. Simple. True. You know, I've faced the same thing with Snapchat. I mean, when I install Snapchat, it's just showing me all kinds of people. I had conversation with like years ago. I'm like, how do you know I had a conversation conversation with them like five, seven years ago? I just installed the app like a few months back because you know, college has peer pressure. Hai. Everyone's using it, so I'm like, even I'll use it. I mean, yeah. it's asking me to. Um, I mean, their numbers aren't even on my on my new phone. So that was a little bit scary, considering the fact that hey, Snapchat snaps disappear. Like, they don't store your snaps. Hey, I don't yeah. think they store your snaps. But I'm still that was that was still scary. It is internet is scary if you look at it. It it, it is always scary. Right. Okay, so I I was reading some time back. Uh, there's this concept of. Uh, uh you know multi factor authentication you know right and uh, uh-huh. we have some kind of questions which we feed into the system let's say if i forget the password what for the first car what is the first school uh-huh. uh city you were born in i think i see where you're going with this detail you can each and every detail you can find on social media i know and now this there are all these cool posts like i mean how people just try to um put out for fun that hey comment below yeah. your favorite car your first car comment below name of your first pet you yeah. had how do you feel about them and i mean it it can be misused the thing is that these posts are public so literally if i'm scrolling through my linkedin right now and i see somebody doing that and i can see okay so and so so and so person has so and so phone number and his favorite dog um, his the name of his first dog is I don't know. Name some good dog names for me. Uh, I don't. I'm terrible with names. It's okay. Dog. Okay. Let's just call the dog Doc. <laughs> okay. So now I know um your account number. I may have access to your phone number because um through your name I can just look it up on Instagram. True caller. Yeah, even true caller. I mean, true caller is so easy. I mean, you just type in the phone number or your email ID. You get get what you want. Yeah, correct. All right, so I have that, and then I have your um name of first dog. Right. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. So and it can be. You into the system. You can just. Yeah. Do actually, I mean, that's what iPhone used to be before, right? That's what that's that's when I, I'm talking 2016, 2017 now. Um, that's what iPhones used to do when I first got my Apple device. That's what they would ask. Mm-hmm. Now, like every time I try to log in to my um. iCloud account anywhere on any one of my devices, my original devices they get an OTP. Like it's not Google. So what what companies are doing now is they understand these risks, right? That your dog's right. name and your uh, place of birth can be known to Facebook, and anyone can see that. Now they are tying up with financial organizations. So there could be questions like, what are the last four digits of your PAN card? But that yeah. is a oh very God. Confined information, which not everyone would know. Yeah, have they already done that, or they're working on it? Sorry, I lost you for a moment. Um, have they already done that, or they're working on this? Some companies have, not in India. I have seen it at least, but yes, I was reading some blogs. The companies are coming up with these kind of stuff. Okay. I mean, now we're talking about PAN card, government document security. You know, like um, even when you're kind trying to um get your account verified on a lot of other platform, not like I I tried to do that recently with crypto platform. Like they ask for your government ID, so you um take a picture of your Aadhaar card or your PAN card and give it to them. Right? I mean, they have a picture of your 
data even i think facebook i think facebook asked for my um, physical id verification for verification purposes right so there is never asked me but yeah, i mean cuz i yeah like yeah, but... i it was a new account right i just made a new email like, i think that's what facebook has done is pretty interesting that um i had see what i do for my protection is that so people try to build different passwords i have unique separate passwords and separate email ids so the probability of me falling in trouble yeah, yeah i mean it's pretty hard to keep a track of it but yeah i mean you just figure something out but again i had made one for facebook but i i, I couldn't use that one here's why because i just made a new account i used that to create an account on facebook now apparently that's um facebook could just i think it just assumed that i'm a bot because this is a brand new account it's not even been used for 30 days so um it put yeah. my account on hold and i tried it multiple accounts then i understood okay this could be some something of a thing so i used my original account i had to use my original account instead okay great so yeah companies are progressing they understand the risks which which are there in the market but at the end of the day say uh, see how they say right you can have all the technology in one side of the ring and the user in one side so mm-hmm. everything goes in vain until the user is aware right so um like um i just want to ask you um did you voluntarily take up cyber security or you um you took it because you couldn't find anything better to do because i mean i, I took my to branch specifically because i like in engineering i took it because i didn't like the other streams that they were offering me i didn't like i didn't want to take entc i didn't want to take mechanical so i picked it plus i had a little bit of interest in coding so that's why i started okay i'm in csit what so, about you so the background for me would be uh, you know when i was looking for colleges i got a good college in bangalore and i was very keen on going to bangalore because you know being it here you get better placement mm-hmm. you get easy placements and all yeah uh simultaneously i just appeared for this exam of ups and i selected this branch for cyber security okay mm-hmm. now i happened to get it just after i got the bangalore college so i went back i took i, I you know withdrew my admission from uh, bangalore and i took cyber security courses so yeah it was not by mistake it was planned <laughs> that's interesting i mean i think a friend of mine um he just took admission in bangalore because of the play um, it's a good college and i spoke with my relatives they're like oh that that's a pretty awesome college i mean we go there for recruitment and placement every year so like yeah, good yeah. to you man so you gave that up for cyber security yep and and i guess i am liking it see i uh, to be frank daily i go for work uh, see obviously there are days when i'm burnt out i'm like i want to resign i don't want to work but that is just one day in a month okay mm-hmm. rest all days are like it's like my college project is going on and i'm enjoying learning nothing else Hmm. every day every day i learn something new and it's not like uh, i'm doing work it's like i am learning something new in information security so i never take my work as work and i really like working okay if you want to term it as work mhm like that seems pretty cool uh i really wonder what your day is like these days um as a risk management manager like um what's your 9 to 5 like it's not 9 to 5 first 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I just like to put it in the terms so that people can understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. So my day started at eleven, roughly, uh, and it's not it's not stringent that I have to start at eleven. It can start at ten, and it can start at one also. It depends on the work and the meetings which are scheduled. Okay. My boss is pretty cool. Uh, she is not like you have to be online for the next eight hours. It's cool. If you have work, do work. If you don't have work, go out, enjoy, sleep, whatever you want to do. But we don't compromise with deadlines. Okay. About ending the work, we end our work at four p.m., five p.m., and it goes on till one a.m., two a.m. Also, when mm-hmm. we are working on something. So what we generally do is uh, my job profile is a mix of risk management, which I would say the last part towards the risk management is remediation. Once you find a risk, we have to get that close. So that is my task. Okay. Apart from that, uh, we look at policies and procedures within Chantar. So I'm helping the team with that. And mm-hmm. uh, my boss is tasked with internal talent development also of the infosec team. I am helping her with those initiatives also, like planning the certifications and trainings for the whole team for the whole year and things like that. So that is how my nine to five, or I would say, eleven to the when the day ends looks like. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I mean it's pretty impressive. I mean, I really, I don't know. The culture sounds pretty nice. Has it been like? Has, has it always been this way, or they just made these yeah, changes yeah, yeah, in the yeah. pandemic? No, no, no. So I I remember when we used to have office, we used to reach office by eleven. Okay, mm-hmm. to start at around ten. Enjoy one hour drive from Delhi to Gurugram, and uh, you know all the traffic and stuff. We used to get late. We used to reach by twelve. We used to reach by twelve thirty, and it was all cool. It, mm-hmm. it it always has been because you know until we are getting the work done on time, no one really bothers if I am reaching office at one or leaving at four. No one really bothers. That's impressive. I mean that I think that's a pretty. I find that culture to be a very Healthy one. I mean, I'm it glad is. you have a culture like that. I yeah. mean, it's, um, trying to be more um about the people and their deadlines. Like means both. It's not just okay. Um, do the work, do the work, and just keep on working. I mean, it's about you and how you can be as productive as possible in a healthy way. That's right. That's what plus, I could tell. Because when you have the freedom, right? You you want to work. you are not working just because you want money you are working because you want to learn and you are learning something new you have that True. kind of freedom that if you are done with your work go ahead and explore do something else hmm. so it's pretty good that way hmm. that was pretty fun uh, i just want to ask you you know like um, we spoke a lot about certifications earlier certifications i think they are expensive for any individual so um and yes. i just feel i i don't know i just feel like um a lot of students nowadays they just see these videos on youtube and they're like hey okay certifications are necessary but there are like so many certifications out there and you don't have enough money to pay for all of that right so what do you think students make a um, a mistake in when they think about certification what do you think um is the biggest mistake they make okay let's let's talk about what was my perspective when i was looking at certification when i was in college certification was a very huge thing for all of us 
it was like oh my god you have done a ceh you are a certified ethical hacker oh my god you have done a iso 27001 lead auditor that used to be a big thing and trust me sometimes it it is also a big thing but mm-hmm. at a fresher level uh, in the college having one of these certifications if you are technically if you are aligned towards technical side of it you mm-hmm. uh, ceh is a good to have though its value is depreciating a lot but it is still a good to have because you get to learn a lot and then yeah. iso 27001 if you want to do if you want to go towards the risk management side of information security right uh, towards auditing right. towards risk management so iso 27001 really makes sense and both of these certifications you can get uh, you know under and around 30000 inr so i don't think that is way too costly but yes if we talk about advanced certifications let's say oscp it costs it costs somewhere around 1 lakh and that's so yes expensive. i would not recommend anyone uh, you know spending hard earned money like that but rather they can get into a good company and ask the company to sponsor it for them and companies do that happily because they they continuously want their employees and their uh, resources to develop and you know grow professionally because that also adds to the skill set of a team mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. so advice to freshers if if they are looking at certifications would be uh, you know go for a ceh or iso 27001 uh, if you really want to do it post that if you want to do any advanced uh, certificate like cisa or cism or cissp or oscp you wait for your company to sponsor it because i think that will really make more sense hmm i really like um, how you just mentioned that okay pick out the few basic ones instead of just going for the advanced i mean advanced one because a lot of people are just confused they just want to go for the oscp directly i mean yeah it's a, like i have heard i mean the right way that hey um i've heard someone say that hey if you can clear the oscp yourself you can practically understand anything and everything about computer systems in terms of bug hunting like if you let's say if you're doing bug hunting if you've cracked the oscp you can easily um claim any bug bounty as um as easily as possible see ishan information security or or let's talk about cyber security when you are saying or when you are talking about oscp cyber security as is as its base has network security until you understand network what is a tcp ip protocol or a stack or what is an osi model how how a packet traverses through a network what are different layers of the of a of a protocol stack mm-hmm. you can yes go ahead and still clear oscp but you do not have the basics right okay right you can you can you know practice 100 of vms online and still clear oscp but you will not have that in depth knowledge of what cyber security is supposed to be you are supposed to understand how a packet moves what a packet contains what are it head or its headers because mm-hmm. if you know that then only it makes sense otherwise right. it's just r- uh, running scripts and tools anyone can do that you 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 watch a, a couple of youtube videos and you will be a master on metasploit but can you actually make an exploit is what is the question not everyone can do interesting Yeah, real. I mean, and that was pretty intense. I mean, the way you put it, like, I mean, people just say that okay, 
you just put it into perspective for a lot of people right there that um instead of just going on the advanced so certification talking. you're talking about yeah. getting the basics right and I, i think i put out a post on linkedin a few weeks back you know chatur wala meme ki hacker banna sabko hai par basic concepts padhta koi nahi i put no, something i did not okay no i i put it out you put yeah yeah, yeah i okay. put it out there okay. on linkedin i just i just made something it just came to my mind i was watching that specific scene the other day it just came to me and i just made it <laughs> okay so i've been talking to a lot of college folks especially my juniors in college who are specializing into security and i always tell them one thing see if you if you want to be good in security you need to understand your basics right it it you know you need to understand how a programming language works what is a c what is a c++ and what is java because mm-hmm. some point in time you will be uh, you know viewing or reviewing vapt reports which will have a you know code component to it now until mm-hmm. you understand what a c++ is that report won't make sense to you true until you understand network or network security you won't know where to place a firewall and how a firewall works what a firewall is supposed to do for me right uh, yeah. what is an ids what is an ips okay i can learn all that and i, I think even it, today it's become a more complicated for people to understand if they don't know this concept because nowadays um firewalls and all of these um protection layers they just club together so it i think it becomes easy to look at but it becomes more complicated to understand how they place together that's right that's right so now so there's a very very common question in most of the interviews for network security profile specifically that in a network where will you place a firewall and where will you place an uh, ips mm-hmm. now people argue but there is a right answer to that you know you, you need to figure out that how much processing time will that particular device take to filter the traffic mm-hmm. now let's say I, i i explained it to my team using you know using an example of a security guard okay so there are different kind of firewalls and if you are entering a building which is having multiple companies as office okay so you will find yeah. one guard at the gate of that building who will just be checking that if you are having an id card or not or or not even that will just check if you are you know if you are not taking something suspicious inside then there will be a building guard who will actually be risking you to check if you have you know hidden something and you have an id card or not then there will be a security guard at the reception who will make an entry for you correct correct now if you if you put that reception wala security guard at the gate and ask him to do that logging wala thing imagine the line which you know the number of people will pile up yeah. at the gate itself because not everyone is going to that office there might be some people who are just visiting the campus Okay, mm-hmm. or, or or there might be some people who are just visiting the canteen, or just meeting someone in the building area, not even stepping inside the building. You need you don't need to have a log of everyone, right? So, right. same concept True. works in firewalls also. There are different kind of firewalls. You should know what each firewall does and where can we place it to get the maximum output. Yeah. So yeah. you need to relate it to the real world. You, yeah, you need to learn how to place fire. Simple example, like learn how to place firewalls properly. So I think you need to understand how firewalls work. What are firewalls? I mean, what does it look like? Yeah. I mean, can have 
did you ever ask yourself what a firewall looks like when you were studying about it when i was studying about okay uh, a very hard fact about me network security was one of my weakest subjects in college <laughs> I, i should say network not security networks i used to be scared of it packets 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 uh there used to be protocols like leaky bucket and all those kind of things uh, i was like yeah, what the hell is this i don't need to understand this I, I, i'm going to do audits that eventually also worked out for me for 6 months but after that i started feeling yeah i don't know this how can i check it now i go to an organization i say that have you done a firewall rule review they say yes they have done it okay show me they show me an email which says that review was completed okay <laughs> but if i am if i am well versed in firewalls i can actually grill them more and ask them to open their rule set and show me that uh, you know how things are actually uh, inside the firewall you'll have to give me a moment i need to connect to my charger sure Okay. Yep. Sorry. That's okay. I think I'll cut okay, this part we'll out. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Boom. So we were um, talking about yeah, network security, right? Yeah, we are so, talking yeah, about network it, security. It was a very weak. Yeah, it, it was very weak for me network parts, and I learned it the hard way. But when I talk to my juniors or or any aspiring computer science engineers, they ask me that where do we start? uh you know learning about information security and you know where will it go how do we proceed my simple answer is how strong is your networks because you need to understand networks for anything in cyber security right so once you right. have that uh i think that would be the best place to start you and and i've i've been you know looking at course materials and you know uh syllabus from various industry certifications you won't believe mm-hmm. they talk about programming and i'm talking about infosec certifications as be, uh, you know certifications like cissp and all okay. they talk uh, they talk about operating systems they talk about uh, you know secure programming methodology so if if you don't know what programming is you cannot have a secure programming methodology if you don't understand how your cpu works you cannot secure your hardware mhm I mean, if you don't understand programming, like how will you um read any code? Like, I mean, I I think it's easy. Like, um, I just learned Java in eleventh and twelfth grade. Then I learned C language in my college first semester. I was able to totally understand what's going on, right? Because I know what the um entire code looks like. Correct. Like, I know how the program runs because they're all similar. Then now I'm learning Python. Yeah, yeah. I hate Python. I don't understand. It's very complicated. But I can still figure out okay what's going on in the code. The language is pretty. It's pro machine than pro human. That's what I feel. Yeah. So you you imagine you go out for an audit. Let's assume for a moment that you're going to be an auditor four years from now. You go to an organization and you ask for their VAPT report. They give you a VAPT report, twenty five pages long. it talks about sql injection it talks about xss csrf and 10 more things it will have a snippet of the code also that was here is the vulnerability now if you don't understand programming it won't make sense to you 
it is just a jargon for you that yes there is an sql injection vulnerability in the system but does that really excite you to me no, no. until i understand that what is going on that's true yeah yeah i mean speaking of um, sql injection i mean that i remember i recall i think i have read somewhere that facebook used to have sql injection back in 2011 when it, when it was new have you ever heard of that <laughs> so so yeah see every website will evolve slowly right and mm-hmm. that is the reason uh, people are winning bug bounties and bug bounties worth lakhs yeah Uh, not all of them are right? worth like, yeah i mean there are so many of them i've heard so multiple people but i can like i have had um, so many other people on my show and they all say the same thing that okay what's going on wrong with students is that um they go after the bounty part so much that they don't enjoy it when they you know um get rejected because it was a duplicate and they didn't get the bounty and they get very upset yeah so i have been watching it's this become video more of the session Yes, I was watching your last session with I think Shifa, and yes. and very very rightly put that if you know something, you understand something, do share it out, and that is what responsible disclosure is all about. You find mm-hmm. something, you disclose it to the company, and after two weeks or three weeks, if they have not fixed it, you should release that into the public domain. Why? Because others are also at risk. If that company is sure. not willing to fix it, they are headed, right? Hmm. That's so, true. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had a uh, friend. That. Yeah, I mean, one of my friends. Okay, I don't want to name him here, but here's what he told me. Um, let's see if he finds a vulnerability. That, um, like a pretty decent vulnerability. He, let's say there are ten vulnerabilities. He'll tell nine of them. He won't tell the last one. Why? Because I asked him why. I didn't understand this. You want to save it for himself? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to try. It, he wants to exploit it himself. Happens. Yeah, that's that okay. See. He he is actually sharing nine of them, right? But people are there who won't share nine also. So that's that's yeah. I mean, that's that okay. was just a number, but he could uh, a little could bit read is good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, like we, I think we pro- you promised me thirty minutes. We spoke a lot now. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, no problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. I I I always enjoy talking to. Aspiring cybersecurity professionals because you know they have so much of zeal and enthusiasm and it it really motivates me and it keeps me going. So yeah, mm-hmm. always always up for right. such talks. Right. Um. I think I I think we'll wrap this up now because I mean you said you had some other business. Um. Just I uh, three things you want to leave people with. Okay. Uh. Be strong with your basics. So I am referring people are the uh, aspiring engineers. Yeah, right? aspiring engineers. Who, who wants to spend? Uh, who wants to step into the world of information security? So have your yes. basics right. One. Okay. Uh, don't don't run after certifications. Have one in the beginning. Others will follow eventually. No need to spend, you know, hard-earned parents' money into all those fancy certifications in at the beginner level. It won't really do any good to you. Yeah, running yeah. after the moon will be good. I like that. Yeah, and the third thing will be information security is very vast. I I would I, broadly there are eight to nine domains. Okay? Don't confine yourself to one. You can be an expert in one, but 
be sure that you know at least a bit about all, all others because that will really pay you and it is always fun to learn new things right so so it i i would really recommend as a third pointer to everyone that find one domain where you want to be but make sure that you you know about what all, all other seven eight domains are that will really pay off i like that i like the three things you said i think every student needs to know about them not just student anybody who is willing to go from it to cyber security when they 35 years old Right. Yeah. Totally. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, thank you, Watsal, for being a guest on my episode. It was a pleasure to have you. I really feel like we should have a part two on this. You know, I would like to have you again on on my show. It. We had a really wonderful, wonderful conversation. We can talk about so many more things. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say this. I would love to have you on my show again. Thank you very much for being on this episode. No problem, Mr. I really appreciate you Thanks taking all your time. Me. Yeah. Thank you. See you soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.